Welcome to Recipe Club, the podcast where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. I have a note here that says this is the only show where you, the listener, submits a recipe so that three of America's most ethnically diverse cooks. <laughs> Did you write that? Well done. Can test it out and mess it up. This week, what's up, Dave? We are literally the box you check for Hawaiian Pacific Islander. <laughs> Asian Pacific Islanders. Got Asian Pacific Islanders. We are we are what they're talking about. My name is Chris Yang. I co-host this podcast with my fellow Asian Pacific Islander, David Chang. And here in the studio. First the, time ever. The good times roll on. First time ever. First time ever. We have in person the original The Collusion Twins. Oh my, my God. sister in collusion. <laughs> Uh, the the OG Wedgie, the first one who joined this podcast with us when we were just broadcasting from our, our <clears throat> little caves in the various parts of the pandemic, Priya Krishna in the house. Hi. It's so good to be in person. I am so, so honored to better. have you. And I think that if she had the chance to go in time to change the world history at any point, it would be to change the decision she made to join Recipe Club. <laughs> <laughs> An irreversible decision <laughs> that altered her personal history forever and ruined many, many lives. Uh, Priya, not only is it a special occasion having you here in the studio, but we are coming directly from our Major Domo TV studio where we all cooked this uh, recipe together. For the first time in the three years we've been doing this, we all got to taste one another's cooking. Yeah. Um, I have a tummy ache, full disclosure for everybody. Uh <laughs> But it's also, in addition to those wonderful occasions, also happens to be Priya Krishna's birthday eve. Yeah. Tomorrow you turn seventeen. Are you a Leo too? Yeah. We're. This is. I, we've talked about this all the time. I don't like, know this why is, I said that. We that are all Leos. Come out of my yeah. mouth ever. Hey, how are your crystals charging? God are they fully charged? What's happening? I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I spent too much time in LA. Are I literally you, said that. Are you a Shame Leo too? On me. Okay, but Shame on but me. we are quintessential Leos, Dave. I've always felt. When I remember when I found out you were a Leo, I was like, oh yeah, that I tracks. Mean, also Leo. Yeah. But There's nothing I find yeah, more. No, I, I, yes, we're all Leos. We're all equally great Leos. Screw this, man. One of the saddest inventions in human history. Is the zodiac sign? <laughs> you're I so you're I just so depressed that you just went to zodiac. I can't even. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Are you a Leo too? What the fuck? What is wrong with me? We are not here to discuss your sign, your horoscope, your the alignment of your stars. This is the show, as we talked about, where we accept a listener recipe. We all mess around with it in our, our different ways using what's behind Priya right here, the wheel of death that provides us constraints and. Uh, Wait, before we get into it, what's what's uh, what's the Priya Krishna general vibe on birthdays? The general vibe is I have extreme social anxiety, and so I like to do as little as possible. Unlike Chris Yang, who wants to celebrate it like it's the YOLO every fucking time. Am I wrong? No. I admit. Who did you see? Who did you see on this birthday? I want to let the world know because I've been waiting to bust your balls on this. Did you not shave your head because you wanted to see Billy Corgan live in Las Vegas for your birthday? I thought I had this gotten, year. I thought I'd gotten away with this. I thought I got this guy away with this. is the biggest Billy Corgan fan of all time. I thought I a got hor- away horrific with this. human being. What was your what was your what was your high school like? He's changing important, the subject. Important He's changing the subject. No, no, I'm keeping on subject. What was like your high school? This is the most important music to me. 
This this is the only people in the world who understand how I feel right now. It was like a mixture of artists. Like the fray was huge for me. <laughs> I don't even know what Jack that is. Johnson. Don't even know what that is. Like a lot of those, you know, I did go to a pretty white school. Mine was Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> Give me something other than Beethoven's fifth. That's all I listen to. <laughs> Oh, to joy over and over and over again. No, what's the most emo band that you ever enjoyed listening to? Um, Sophie B. Hawkins, Damn, I Wish You Were My Lover. That did come on the other day, and he was he was, I was very happy. I've listened to that song many times. Uh, but man, seriously, I went this to the, is how I embarrassed went, he was about. It. He didn't tell anybody. I went to Las Vegas. By yourself? With his wife, who no. did not want to go. Jamie with my, went with you. Yeah. Oh, that's and so nice friends. of her. You know what? You know what? I'm not going to be ashamed of this. I Did you pre- color your hair like James E. Hunt? No. Oh, man, James. I love you, bro. <laughs> Let me, I will tell you something. I will t- I'm going to give you... You want a recipe? I'll give you all a recipe right now. Did you wear the Smashing Pumpkins t-shirt to the Smashing Pumpkins concert <laughs> is what I want to know. No, but I'll tell you what. I was the only one who didn't. Because <laughs> there was a lot of... There's a lot of... Uh, chubby you, Caucasian Olivia? dads. Were you the Pumpkins. token yeah. Asian dad? I was the James Eha of the crowd. <laughs> I was the Asian guy in the crowd. You, I'm going to give you a recipe. I'm going to give you a recipe for happiness. Eight to ten Aperol spritzes. A, uh, you know, an amount of tequila to your own discretion. Two or three beers. Two mushroom caps. Uh, you know, some very legal THC. And a band that was really important to you in high school. Well, I can tell you what. If that was the recipe for happiness today was a recipe for your sadness. <laughs> Today was a recipe for my sadness. We are, it's true, we're going to get into it. Today we're not talking about a recreational, you know. Or the infinite Kali or whatever sadness. Melancholy and the infinite sadness. <laughs> a great double album. <laughs> Love them all, every track. Listen, we are not here to talk about pumpkins, smashed or otherwise. We are here to talk about cauliflower and if you Google cauliflower recipes, you return something like 352 million results. The first results you get are for roasted cauliflower, Parmesan roasted cauliflower, and another recipe for roasted cauliflower. <laughs> Let me start off with this this question. Is roasted cauliflower even the right way to prepare cauliflower? It's probably the best way. What about fried? This effectively roasted cauliflower. <laughs> what is, uh, I find really does get me angry is when someone on a menu labels cauliflower as a cauliflower steak. Yeah, agreed. I actually so strongly I just want to say if I eat a piece of beef steak, like a ribeye, do I can I characterize that as a cauliflower wedge? No, it would be a steak steak floret. Steak floret. <laughs> a beef floret. Beef floret. <laughs> yeah, it's a beef floret. Yeah, yeah, that's messed up. Cauliflower, right up there, top five vegetables that will make you fart. Number one, screaming at the number one is Jerusalem artichokes, no question. The fartichoke. But I didn't know that uh, asfatita was another we thing. We ate a lot of farty <clears throat> ingredients. It's a good thing. It's just the three of us in the studio. Yeah, cauliflower is top five, but number one, if you want to... If you want to hang with some friends and like actually have some farting superpower, you eat Jerusalem artichokes. Wait, you had five. So, but there are other than asafoetida, all tuber vegetables. <laughs> okay, jicama. Yeah, that will make you fart. Jicama will make you fart. It will make you fart. Interesting. Broccoli will make you fart. That's I wear. Cabbage for sure. Cabbage. The whole brassicas family. The whole brassicas. The magical fruit. Beans. I don't mean, but I cauliflower. But specifically, like pintos. But a cabbage fart has a very specific smell. Really to smelly, really yeah. smelly. It's like you ate eggs. Yeah. 
Cauliflower steak. Hell no. No. As I was doing some research, I saw this quote. This this it was like a T-shirt or a coffee mug that said, "If cauliflower can be pizza, you can be anything." <laughs> I have to say that I, I I should have been buying stock ten years ago in cauliflower because I had no idea, no idea that everything would be cauliflower and cauliflower if, gnocchi. Everything it's natural. Huge. If you go to the Expo Food West or the big big Comic Con for food nerds. That sell consumer product goods. Everything is cauliflower, this or that. And the fact is, it's all terrible. <laughs> all There's not it. one redeeming cauliflower. You know, when I have to eat cauliflower pizza, I have to. I would never eat cauliflower pizza. You know why? It's not pizza. It's not good. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. You know, the marketing geniuses out there creating all these products have decided there's some quality to cauliflower that makes it suitable for these things. It's it's a vegetable that has enough structure that you could make it into a flour, into a pizza, you could turn it into rice. What as a professional chef, do you view cauliflower actually as a versatile ingredient? You almost never see it. I, I think that people would rather see um oh my God, I've been smoking too much pot. What's the one that's purple? And, and as a Romanesco, <laughs> you would see Romanesco because it's a little bit more geometrical. Yeah. Cauliflower is too irregular mm. on a plate. So you see it more as purees uh, or a mash. Um, but you also can see it as florets that are roasted. Mm. I've definitely cooked a lot of that, but it's not something that like I'm too excited to work with um, because it's also hard to plate unless you pickle it is actually pretty good. Put it this way. When I buy it at the soup, like the farmer's market, I'm always like, shit, I got to cook this. I bought this. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's never like, man, I can't wait to get into this. <laughs> like why the fact like, that it's such a like unsexy, unpopular vegetable it makes it really shocking. It's had this like massive success. But there's as... no way this lasts. Like people are like, do you know anybody? Okay, so when we when you chose cauliflower as an ingredient mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. for this season, you made a very specific point of I don't want any cauliflower as a health food recipes. I don't want cauliflower yep. rice. I don't want cauliflower as a pizza dough, anything like that. Do you are there people I mean, do you like that stuff? Obviously, you don't like it. Are there no. people around you who are like, oh, my God, cauliflower gnocchi is the best? Yeah, actually, I have a lot of friends who love the Trader Joe's cauliflower gnocchi. It is like it's like a cult. People love that shit. hope they drink the <laughs> poison Kool-Aid. <laughs> drink the Kool-Aid. Drink that Kool-Aid right up. Uh, here's one more quote. Mark Twain <laughs> says, cauliflower is nothing. What, is, what does Mark Twain sound like? Cauliflower is nothing but cabbage with a college education. You know what I think of when I think of cauliflower? I had like an uncle who got like a horrible ear infection and they call it like cauliflower, cauliflower ear. ear. Yeah. That's not cauliflower ear. That's cauliflower ear is from, is, is breaking the college to your Oh, okay. Well, wrestler. yeah, that, that so Did you ever have it as a wrestler? No, because you wear headgear. It covers your muff things. But like truly if you're into jujitsu and MMA, you're not considered cool unless you have cauliflower ear and you can't fix it i remember when bourdain was doing a lot of jujitsu he had it and i was like dude that looks fucking terrible (laughs) you cannot have it and he got it fixed you can drain it and something but you have to get that surgery i think uh, sooner rather than later or it becomes calcified uh yeah a lot of a lot of garlic parmesan roasted cauliflower out there on google and on tiktok uh, a lot of like tahini cauliflower, you know, a lot of like drizzly, lemony, yeah. you know, stuff like that. The other thing that I see a lot of people continuing to make me think is going to be good, but has yet to ever be good, is the restaurant service of a whole roasted cauliflower. I've yet to eat one of these that I enjoy. Frankly. I mean, 
The only person I feel like they can pull it off is Alain Passard. Right. The one in Indianish is actually really good. The whole roasted one? There you go. It's you serve it Organic with just plug. like a giant like pool of chutney and you just mm. like cut it and eat it. It's really so good. So chutney sounds delicious. Well, again, yeah. that's not about the cauliflower. That's about the accompaniment <laughs> to make something taste good. But the cauliflower tastes really good. What a... Uh, okay, so... Were you excited to get this ingredient in spite of all of this this hype around it? So, like, I grew up almost exclusively eating cauliflower in alu gobi. And my mom makes, I think, the best What's version. What's alu gobi? For people that don't alu know, gobi including is, myself. Uh, it's <laughs> for, a, for anybody out there or in here who doesn't know. <laughs> it's potatoes and cauliflower. It's a very classic North Indian subsy. Um, and oftentimes when it's made, they'll just saute it all in the pan or they'll deep fry the roasted the, the potatoes in the cauliflower, but my mom roasts it on a sheet pan and then finishes it with the spices. So like when you roast it in a sheet pan, it gets like the sort of smoky, toastiness to it. And then all you have to do is just quickly finish it. And it is like that was like my favorite dish growing up. It's so good. Cauliflower, not part of Korean culture. And I'm happy for that. I was trying to think of a way that I ate cauliflower growing up. I don't think we really did very much. Because yeah, we're highly evolved. <laughs> And the other thing is, uh, go- we call it gobi in Hindi. It is always on sale at the grocery store. So my dad would buy like six cauliflowers at a time. So my mom would be like churning out alu gobi because it was like, <clears throat> you know, it was like less than a dollar at the grocery store. He would buy it. And I think so, yeah. cauliflower can stay in your fridge for a very long time. I think a hundred years, basically. Yeah. Basically. I think, you know, our, our good friend, Magnus Nielsen, the chef, former, you know, Favakin's closed now, but he, he was famous for aging his vegetables. Hmm. In his and, little hobbit hole. Yeah, literally, it's a hobbit hole. And I think it, uh, when I saw it, I was like, that is like a dense amount of mold. <laughs> Baked it around your <laughs> dry aging it. Mold encrusted cauliflower but if you like peel it off and cut it away you know it was still cauliflower tastes like blue cheese (laughs) i decided and just trying to find some cauliflower facts is there any google news for cauliflower recently and the uh, the first result i turned up was jada de laurentis's cauliflower (laughs) alfredo is so creamy you'd never guess it's packed with veggies people love to puree cauliflower into like a cream sauce that's what i call fake news yeah uh so we we got a number of submissions for cauliflower recipes, as I mentioned, there are hundreds of millions of recipes already out there online, most of them for roasted cauliflower. Uh, but rather than getting stuck in that morass of cauliflower content, we turn to you, our sweet, sweet listeners, for your family recipes. We got a good number of submissions that Priya went through, including roasted cauliflower au gratin from that Emily been good. That would have been good. Gray, Gobi Musalam from Kavita Chopra. Roasted cauliflower and chickpeas with herby tahini. There it is. This is there the it is. Pure, pure hashtags from Catherine Cunningham. German cauliflower soup from Riley Elfert. Cauliflower Manchurian from Anil Srivastava. Roasted cauliflower leaves and stems from Julia Woods. Classy vegetable casserole from Mary Bennett. And Gobi Kima Mutter from Abhishek Gupta. Priya. I, I've, I realize I spoiled all of these by reading the one you've chosen last every single time. But which one did you pick and why did you forsake all of the others? So we hadn't done Indian food yet this season, on, or at least for us, for Recipe Club. I felt like cauliflower is a really good opportunity to do Indian food. And I think the other recipes that were Indian required deep frying. And I just, 
I just didn't want to do that. We, we, we thank you. We salute yeah. you for, for saving us from deep frying. I um, love Gobi Manchurian is like one of the world's great Indo-Chinese dishes, but it is. Very underrated very, cuisine, Indo-Chinese. Yeah, yeah truly. Um, but it requires deep frying and battering cauliflower. And I was like, I, I don't want to do that. And I was really intrigued by this particular recipe. So kima, I've had many versions of. My mom, we grew up vegetarian, so my mom never made it, but many other aunties would make it for us. And typically, the way that I would eat it, um, I'm sure there are many ways to make kima. It was ground beef, peas, lots of spices, and you eat it over rice, and it was awesome. And I never heard of a vegetarian version, but it makes so much sense. Um, and I'd heard of versions. One of my friends, when I told her about this recipe, she was like, oh, I've made mushroom kima before. And, mm. you know, it makes sense, you know, Indian vegetarians trying to innovate, come up with a vegetarian version of a very classic meaty dish. They would uh, turn to vegetables that they know. So cauliflower is a really known entity in Indian cuisine. And uh, I wanted to try it out. So in other words, for all you creators who think you're coming up being the first person to use cauliflower in creative ways... The Indians got you beat by a few centuries, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's also like this is cal- basically cauliflower, ri- like you, cauliflower it's riced rice. cauliflower. Basically, they, you yeah. think cauliflower rice is new. It's nothing new. It's just uh, gobi kima. And so the original, the 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 basis of the dish is kima matar, right? It's like is minced beef and peas. Uh, my name is Abhishek Gupta, and uh, this is my recipe for gobi kima matar. I am from. Uh, this state in India called Punjab, uh, which is uh, in North India. My mom has been cooking it um, since I remember. She learned it from her mom. Um, cauliflower is a pretty sort of popular uh, vegetable. It's extremely cheap. Like it's like five rupees for a kg, which is like six cents for a kilogram. The concept of this recipe is also to sort of substitute uh, meat in a sort of more common version of this recipe, which is like the kima mutter, which is made with either a mutton mince or some kind of uh, meat mince. Uh, so it's easy to sort of go down that route and cook it a bit too much and make it like a mushy, like a more common kima that you would eat in more like Indian restaurants. But I think the one that really hits the spot is one that is just like, just undercooked a touch. So you still have that crunch or that bite in the cauliflower. Um, and it's almost like, it, it, it's like the difference between the mushy rice uh, versus the good, like nice uh, rice where the grains are uh, separated. So if you just overcook it just by a bit, it becomes mushy. So just like uh, towards the undercooked side and it'll be great. To make this original version, basically you are going to uh, bloom some cumin seeds in hot oil or we used ghee, sweat an onion in there. To that, you're going to add ginger and garlic paste, chopped tomatoes, green chili, and an assortment of spices, turmeric, red chili, coriander, garam masala, and optionally in this recipe, fenugreek and asafoetida, which for those who don't know, can you remind us? Asafoetida. Asafoetida is basically a tree resin that's really popular in a a number of cuisines, but definitely South Asian cuisine. And it's also known as hing. It has this like, I would describe it as like, like, it's sort of garlic when it's like, like aged garlic. It's Hmm. sort of the the smell. Is, Is it true or false? It's also basically 
the reason why when you try to make Indian food at home and you don't know what you're doing is one of the many reasons why it doesn't taste like the stuff that you can get at a restaurant. Heeing is often what makes, like, really brings a dish to life. Like, we have really good quality heeing that my mom and dad bring from India. And I feel like when my dad brings it over and I make an Indian dish, it's like I've unlocked mm-hmm. a secret bonus level. <laughs> uh, so to this this uh, spicy, tomatoey, ginger, garlic, oil, cumin paste, um, you add your, your cauliflower, which is basically you're trying to mimic the texture of ground meat, um, along with some frozen or fresh peas. Abhishek says it's really important not to overcook this to maintain a little bit of bite to the vegetables. Um, Abhishek also says this dish is often a signal signal that the winter season has arrived and cauliflower is in season. The dish is basically that. You, you finish with a squeeze of lemon and a little cilantro. That is the original version. Dave and I both tasted the recipe as it was instructed yesterday. And then this very day, the three of us made our variations. So... If you're a longtime Recipe Club listener, you know that we are never satisfied just to do things by the book. We all take a spin on the Wheel of Death, which assigns us a constraint under which we all have to prepare this recipe. Dave landed on slow cooker, so he had to make a version of this dish using only the slow cooker. Uh, Priya landed on doomsday, meaning she was giving you an example of how to make this in the post-apocalyptic wasteland using only shelf-stable ingredients. And I don't know how this happened, but these guys made me do this Tex-Mex style. I landed on fusion, and I had to fuse it with the culture of Tex-Mexico. You're familiar with the, you know, the, the origins of this dish. You tasted the original a little bit, Chang. Thoughts on the original before we started to talk about the variations? Tasted fine. <laughs> it did. It tasted fine. Tasted it. It did. It did indeed. Indeed, taste fine. I mean, honestly, they could have been user error because Yang made it, but it tasted fine. I'm fucking amazing at following instructions. <laughs> really, what it tasted fine. I, I have something interesting to say about one of our dishes here that I thought tasted better than the original. Did you? When you made the original, did you put the garam masala at the end? No, I actually did it earlier because okay. I mistakenly yeah. did it earlier. And I'd also say that something that Priya brought up, and I'm not foreshadowing anything. I think one of the reasons why some of it may not have tasted good is the spices we were using were not up to par. Right. So this may not be the recipe's fault. This could be our – when I mean user error, it's not just Chris. It's <laughs> – the ingredients that we're using. And I can say this because when I tasted Priya's mom's cooking, it was like on, on another level simply because a lot of it were their own spice blends. Right. It's like Priya just said. And fresh. They it bring their own fresh. asavatita. You brought your own garam masala, all of these things. Like Our spices are are dead. Right. They taste hollow. Ours, ours come in little plastic tubes and yeah. we don't know how long they've been there. Yeah. So. Let's uh, let's get into our little discussion here. So usually we like to go with who did the most close to the original version first. You would think Dave. Should we just start with Dave? Dave, your your <laughs> task was probably sure. closest to the original task. Sure. Dave Chang, slow cooker, Gobi, Kima, Mutter. What wow. happened? Yeah. Well, you know, in the tradition of... Uh, was a no Tom Wolf's right stuff. <laughs> Jesus, I I was inspired by the sort of the founding father of astronauts, 
who, who went out of space and then came back to Earth to sort of launch us mm-hmm. into a whole other era. In the grand tradition of <laughs> Icarus. No, 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 no. There's no fucking sun and feathers and wax. A little bit more like Top Gun Maverick, right? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Well, um, I, uh, I started cooking this at 3.30, and because I didn't want to do a slow cooker overnight, um, I wanted to get it started earlier and and then maybe finish it later because I had to be home. So we started at 3.30. We're filming earlier this morning. Um, so I had about 90 minutes to get it done. And if you use a slow cooker, it'll take 90 minutes just for it to get warm, mm-hmm. right? Literally. And they're great, but I just didn't have the time. So reading the instructions, I can't, I, you know, I, I consulted with an attorney and they said, hey, I think you're able to use the slow cooker on a stovetop if you remove uh-huh. the ceramic pot and you cook it over the... Interesting. Yeah. And was your attorney Rudy Giuliani? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to get this done as quickly as I can. Just because they call it a quick cooker. Well, no. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I want to, like our founding aviation astronaut fathers, I wanted to push things to the limit. Sure. So I took you... the slow cooker and I unplugged it and I put the ceramic insert on the stove top mm-hmm. and I started cooking this recipe in it on the stove top. And I started to increase the temperature from low because I started looking at my watch. And I was like, shit, I got to get home, right? I got to get home. So I started to increase it. Like going to Mach 10, I had to go Mach 1, Mach 2. So on that dial, I went 1, 2, 3, 4. It was very similar to Top Gun Maverick. And I, I took it all the way to 8. <laughs> it's very similar mm-hmm. to Top Gun Maverick. And once it happened, similar. or incredibly similar. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, you don't have to. <laughs> just, just listen here. Or, you know, any astronaut that was re entering. You know, Earth from space, the, you know, my, my heat shield was like, might not make it. All yes. right. It was getting a little bit dodgy, but I wasn't afraid. Hold on. Because I, I have to do this for mankind. I got I to gotta ask you a couple of things. First of all, you, you assumed it would be fine, right? Because you assume it's just a no, big ceramic I thing. Assume, I never assume anything's going to be safe. Okay. <laughs> Second question. What were the were there any signs of heat shield degradation Certainly as you were re-entering was, the atmosphere? I was not going to be deterred. What were those signs? If my safety was in jeopardy, then so be it. <laughs> what were the signs of I degradation? I needed to show the world that you can take a slow cooker <laughs> to the limits. Was it making sounds? Yes. Like <laughs> and it got scary. Like Anybody that's testing any aviation thing, I'm sure you ask the Wright brothers. I feel they, like I'm sure they were scared. I feel like in those movies, as they're re-entering the atmosphere and like their 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 heat shield is degraded, you hear hear like pinging sounds. Like yeah, <laughs> it really was like that. And I also didn't have time to like cut everything to the right temp yep. size. So I took a mortar and pestle. Mm. And I started smashing things that down as I started. That was the most brutal to watch. No, yeah, but it, that's not what broke. That's not what happened. It happened because I was running out of time and I had to take it to Mach 10. I had to. So I went all the way to 10 on the heat dial. You had actually already achieved Mach 10. You were already at Mach 10. And I, I had to dial back because I heard some cracking. So some heat shields were like, some scary sounds were happening. Right. So I had to dial it back down. I slowed down to five. And then it wasn't cooking fast enough as I was adding more and more volume to my slow cooker. 
Right. So, 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 so everybody understands you were just using the base of the slow cooker as, as a, a pot. pot, just as you were making the yeah. recipe basically as instructed. You can in a make pot. it, you can make it sound so, like, but he had forgotten the... to mince the cauliflower. So he took the, cause pestle. I thought I, yes. it was going to slowly melt in a slow cooker. It was going to melt. No, like no. it was going to, it was going to like break down yeah. gently yeah. into a delightful oh. stewy. But then when I realized that like, you know, I, I'm tasked with the challenge here for mankind. I had to take it. To Nobody the tasked him with this challenge for mankind. This mankind was chill. Sounds like the task was like deep fry, and he took the fryer basket and put it on the stove, and so was I like, took the ceramic <laughs> insert and I brought it back to ten because I said, "I'm not fucking scared. Fuck fear is what I said." And I took it to ten, and it broke, and it broke, and it it ended in a horrible plane crash. Okay, but I'm still here. I'm still here. The bottom of the slow cooker essentially just fell out, literally cracked and broke on the stove. Priya and I got to see this. We got to witness firsthand some of this stuff, and we were watching from afar. uh, (laughs) I even pulled out the Teddy Wilson Teddy Roosevelt quote. I really want to. I want to like put it on YouTube with the like with the name like guy attempts to like put slow cooker. Pot right. on stove. See what happens. Epic fails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the truth is, as Priya and I are watching Dave take the insert out of the crock pot and place it on the stove, Priya, your first reaction was, "Dude, that is cheating. He can't do that. that, Why is this, that cheating? Is, this is not okay. Why like, is that cheating? Because the idea is to replicate what happens if you just have a slow cooker. Why not just use a pan? At oh, that point? oh, oh! I'm going to be accused of cheating. <laughs> you motherfuckers." <laughs> And we were like, this guy's cheating. This guy's cheating. We were angry. And within within five minutes, as he steps back and the liquid contents of his crock pot are spilled all over his stove. And he's just looking. Dave, you just look helplessly. Just be like, there's nothing for me to do. Well, I'm out. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try it again. And I'm going to continue to try it until I can make it work. We left. We started angry and we left feeling Real pity. Well, it and then he the like critic, chucked it in the microwave. The counts, nor the man who points oh, out how God. the strong man stumbles, <laughs> or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory or defeat. And you motherfuckers are the timid souls. You really think that's cheating? Yeah, I do. I do. Well, well, Chris, he, Chris agrees with me. I do think it's, it's listen, it's not specifically outlined in the constitution, but you were like, come on, man. We didn't write that in the Constitution because we thought people had basic human decency, Trump. No. Priya, you want to go next? Sure. Um, So I had doomsday, which meant I couldn't use cauliflower or peas or tomatoes or ginger or garlic or lemon. I think those are all the ingredients. (laughs) Or onion. Or onion. I basically used uh, freeze-dried peas and cauliflower that I hydrated in water. and like basically it was it worked out very well in that the freeze dried cauliflower i could just kind of mash it and crumble it up in the in the package 
Then I stuck it in water and then it just immediately hydrated and then I just drained it and used it as is. And it, it worked actually remarkably well. It was missing some of that like nice crunch that Abhishek talks about that you get from using fresh, but it had the flavor. It worked well. Um, I used ghee instead of oil just to add a little bit more flavor. Cumin seed, like all the spices were totally fine. Uh, Chris gave me a bag of fried shallots before that was in the pantry because um, I think I had bought some gran- like granulated onion, but these were much better. So I just like threw those in. Those were fantastic. I used a lot of those. Can of tomatoes, all my spices, let it sort of just simmer into like just like a nice, delicious paste. Um, then I added the cauliflower, uh, let that cook for a little bit longer. I was trying to like evaporate some of the liquid and try to like give it a little bit more texture. Um, then I added the peas. I probably should have rehydrated the peas, but I thought that like in the liquidiness of the sauce, they would rehydrate. And then I just kind of sort of lost patience. Like I I could have just let it cook for longer and the peas would have been fine. So the peas ended up like a little bit crunchy, but, but fine. Did you say the tomato already? The canned tomato? Yeah. yeah, I said I put the tomato. I ended up, I started out using like a half a can and then just ended up using all of it because I was just like desperately craving brightness. I used garlic powder and then I think I bought both ginger. I asked for ginger garlic paste because ginger garlic ginger garlic paste is like a very common shelf table ingredient available at Indian stores. But someone brought a tube of ginger and said it was okay and that it was shelf stable. So I used that instead of ginger powder. Um, and uh, what else? Um, pickled chilies. Oh yeah, yeah. There were these amazing pickled chilies in the major domo kitchen, and instead of lemon, I finished it with some of the like chili juice, and then I just chopped up some of the chilies and added them, and that like honestly really brought the dish together. Like I think without that, it would have tasted like doomsday, <laughs> a doomsday dish. And with the pickled chilies, it had some more layered flavor. I also added a can of diced chilies. Which, like, it sort of tells you everything you, a lot about, like, canned produce. And, like, it just it just doesn't do the same thing. It doesn't do the same thing that you want it to do. Like, fresh produce just brings the brightness. It brings the freshness. Like, my mom's whole thing when cooking Indian food is, like, you cook it just till it's done and no more because you want to be able to taste, like, the actual flavor of the vegetable. And that was certainly missing. It was very much like a vehicle for spices and tomato and probably a little bit too much asphatita which was my bad but i thought it turned out really well i topped it with frizzled onions and pickled chilies and just like a nice bite with the onions the chili and the gobi kima mutter was like fantastic i think i could have served it to my parents and they would have loved it those pickled chilies were courtesy of mr chang can you give the give the lowdown on pickled thai chilies for those who are wondering yeah i just made it i mean uh, you could just eat them plain they were so delicious they were um, so good. It's possible that your dish was good because of my chilies. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's a possibility. I'm not saying it was. Yeah. It's a, allegedly could be true. No, I think they really, I like, I'm not disagreeing with you. They really so helped. We had a, we filmed something last week and I bought a bulk of uh, like a 10 pound bag of Tiber chilies. And um, Chris was a little bit concerned that I bought too many things, but we used them all. For the first 48 hours, I just put them in a jar. I salted them heavily, um, and I sort of mashed them down a little bit, and I waited for the sort of the water to extract so it builds that 
sort of like two inch layer of chili, extremely, you know, it's like chili brine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then I added some sugar. Um, It's sort of like a more of a Korean technique without the salt. Yeah. And I let that macerate in there. Um, So I waited another couple days and I'm sort of mixing it up. So the top gets to the bottom. Um, So it's not really fermenting. So it's on the border of that. And I could let that continue. Um, And then I add more salt. So this is like a six, seven day process. So it's a little bit fermented and I don't want it super fermented. And then I added more sugar, more salt. I'm constantly adding that every day. And then I topped it off with some white vinegar and a little bit of water. And that was it. Like, and so, some MSG. So good. So good. So um, the reason I bring up the ginger, whether Priya, again, we feel like we're always in this situation is she was given, truly given ginger, but it was not potentially shelf stable. So, Chris, what are your what's your ruling on this? I don't, you know, I, I so you're saying that ginger garlic paste is usually found. You can buy this on a store shelf somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like just sold on shelves. Here's what I'll say. I think in Priya's defense, she sent she she requested that, and what she got back was a tube of ginger paste, which I don't think is shelf stable. I think it comes from the refrigerated section. But further in Priya's defense, to some extent. You didn't need that. Could have used powdered ginger. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was really just like unflavored beautiful. mush. It was. It really added. Like I was desperate for. I'm just trying. Ginger to, I'm flavor. trying to keep. I'm trying to hold on to any ally I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm huffle puffing over here. <laughs> I'll do anything. I'll do anything for a friend. <laughs> it's like watching the peak Golden State Warriors right now. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, we're more like we're more like Tour de France doping here. I'm just giving Priya a bunch of my blood just as she gets ready to do her next <laughs> ascent. Uh, here's the thing: verdict on this was we all agree that the one sort of maybe misstep was hydrating the peas would have would have been better. But mm-hmm. Chang, I think you said like it tasted better than the original version. Couldn't better than the original. You couldn't have taken like 90 percent of people would not. It was have. very good. I had two servings, but I would say that if you try to make this version at home, you probably should make my pickled chilies as well. <laughs> Dave's pickled chilies are special and delicious, and I wanted to say a really nice way of taking a surplus that was could just go to waste and turning it into something that can last and sit around and and actually is is. Shelf stable. Shelf stable for a long for a long time. Um, that was very delicious. But Priya, credit to you, a nice bite of heat and acidity. I feel like it would have been completely fine even without the pickled chilies, but they really helped. It was a very very delicious dish. That was your first time working with freeze dried vegetables, right? Like you mm-hmm. hadn't really messed mm-hmm. with those before either. No. Um, and like I was, extre- you would not know that it was shelf stable. You would have no idea. And I have to say. Of uh, any of the dishes made with uh, Shell Stable, it's by far the best tasting. So I drew the Tex-Mex straw, and I tried to make, basically I tried to turn this into fajitas, and I tried to extract the peas from this dish, which Priya, you sort of pointed out, like in in this dish play a role of little pops of freshness, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's really Mm -hmm. the role of the pea, especially in like the meat version. Yeah. I took the peas out and I turned it into the Tex-Mex guacamole. So first thing I just, I took the peas out of the final dish and I just, I, I microwaved some from frozen just for a minute, blended that with olive oil, lime, chili, salt, cilantro, stem. And that was my 
Picamole. Uh, I made just as recreationally, I thought, you know, what else is Tex-Mex? Refried beans are Tex-Mex on the side of every single plate. So I just did, uh, I actually looked up Prius recipe for super basic doll and just basically took that and did ghee, uh, some dried red chili, um, a little garlic in mine, which is not usually in your in your. But sometimes I do put garlic in doll. Yeah. Uh, cumin seeds again, like sort of bloomed in the fat, which is which is such a cool move. Um, and then just a can of beans in there, a little water, salt, maybe some momo savory salt, and then I cheated, I pureed that, but that was like my sort of doll flavored uh, refried beans. And then for the actual quote unquote fajitas. Uh, I rough chopped or, you know, kind of chopped all the cauliflower into their little ricey little chunks. Maybe at most they were half an inch. I put those in turmeric water, which was, which is part of the original recipe. He says to soak yeah. the cauliflower in turmeric water, um, microwave that for two or three minutes, just like take some of the raw off of that drained it. Um, and then basically followed the recipe from there. I, I, I did ghee and cumin in the, in the, in a in a big flat bottom wok, um, rather than doing ginger, garlic, tomato, all sort of as separate, I just blended those in a Nutribullet to make a little you know tomatoey paste. Um, put that in there, cooked out some of the rawness, added the cauliflower, all of the various spices that it calls for, and tried to again just like cook that just short of mush, just to cook it till it was the you know done for a vegetable. Heated up a fajita pan. <laughs> And threw a little grapeseed oil on there, some thin sliced onions, some thin sliced serrano chili, some chunks of tomato. And what I really wanted to do and where I fell short, admittedly, was I wanted enough room on this fajita platter to both sort of brown and char my onions as well as my cauliflower. But when I went to sort of like pile all the cauliflower on top. You know, I didn't get as much char on the cauliflower as I would have liked, but that was, you know, it sizzled. It looked, it looked dramatic. It looked like I was at a, what's a, what's a chain Tex-Mex restaurant? Chevy's. On the border. On the border. Oh, I was at an, I was working at an OTB <laughs> and I was, I was carrying a tray through the dining room of OTB with a couple of prickly pear margaritas and an order of cauliflower steak fajitas. Uh, and that was the whole thing. So refried bean doll, pea camole. <laughs> I hate this restaurant that I've just <laughs> created. A uh, cauliflower steak fajitas, a couple flour tortillas, and some sour cream. That was my Tex-Mex version of the Gobi Kima Mutter. Uh, and I got a lot of complaints from these guys. Yeah. My complaints were based off of just the taxonomy of fajitas, which technically wow, are... That sounds like a college course. The taxonomy of fajitas. <laughs> Uh, welcome to Sociology 302, <laughs> Taxonomy of Fajitas. I'll be your professor, Norman Krishna. <laughs> Norman Krishna. My son. Uh, yes. uh, just like technically it's either strips of meat or strips of vegetables yes. that are sort of cooked. And like the vegetarian, there is a vegetarian version, which is just like peppers and onions. That's just like cooked to the point where like, there's like a burnt bottom, basically. Mm -hmm. they, they put so much oil to get that char. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Like rajas, basically, right? Mm, no. Different? How do you not have fajitas on your... Like, it's so easy. I'm not a fajita, I'm not a fajita guy. Um, I love fajitas. I really, I mean, you really were, love them. I think that um, 
you may have underestimated your audience here because if I'm thinking who would be like if there's like many goddesses in 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 Indian culture, I would be like, well, Priya literally would be the goddess of Tex-Mex India. <laughs> I, I was I mean, very aware of she this. Probably created it. I'm aware of it. it. I'm aware of like, this. You be, I mean, you're playing with Tiger Woods here, you know? I was asked to play with Tiger Woods. I wanted to play. Then you I wanted, wanted, I wanted to play, play up to your competition, <laughs> not below it, man. I, I, I was she trying. She asked you to make enchiladas, I, I did ask you to make enchiladas. You asked me to make enchiladas? Yeah, I said enchiladas when we you suggested Tex-Mex. I was like, you can oh. just turn the Gobi Kima Mutter into enchiladas. No, oh, but I didn't do that. Can I Can I give you uh, my two cents about what I would have done differently? Yes, please. Can't wait. I think she Priya had a great idea with mm-hmm. the piece to turn it into a chutney. Now, if you were going to turn it into chutney, what would you have done? Not much different from what Chris would have done. Uh, probably just a lot of lime juice, peas, like a whole bunch of cilantro. Uh, Sweetness? Sugar, a little bit of yeah. sugar, teeny I, bit of sugar. Um, tamarind? I don't really see how turning maybe. the peas into a chutney makes it Tex-Mex, though. It's Indian. It, it's just, that's the Indian part of it. But it started as Indian, <laughs> and you're supposed to turn it into Tex-Mex. Honestly, had you literally just wrapped it up into a burrito, into like a tortilla and melted cheese Jeez, and beans on great. top and tallted it to chimichanga, I would have been yeah. thrilled. I'd also say that on the fajitas, you could have easily have added the red peppers and green bell peppers. Um, and there was no heat on that that pan. And I know that Ira, who was directing it, was blocking the way, but you could have used the broiler. Um, for the onions. There was like no color on that or the tomatoes. On And I understand because this is sort of what happens when you're making stuff up on the fly. It's hard to take things back. When you mince all the cauliflower, yeah, I would have probably actually taken all the florets off yeah, and use that for another application or not even use it at all just and just steps. rip stalks off. For sure. Or if the, we had flour and cauliflower, that would have worked as well. And this is where deep frying might work, or I would have gotten that charred very nicely on an open fire or under the broiler. Um, but what you, but like what we ate tasted good. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I, and, oh, I would have added pork fat to those beans, and I would not have pureed it. See, I thought that was a bridge too far. I think pork fat would have been a bridge too far for me. Beef tallow, yes. Pork fat, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would have, I would have mashed it. I think refried beans have to have some of that texture to me. Um. And I would not have used black beans. I'd probably use pinto or kidney beans. Oh, uh, yeah. I just but had a bad camp. pureeing all of that, I thought, made it less about Tex-Mex and more about just a bean puree. And I, I just think it needed more fat. But I, I like the beans. I'm going to say overall, I was surprised that it tasted really good. Yeah, I was surprised too. Uh, so that's so my- Why are you so mad at me? <laughs> It's it's bullshit that I could just wrap it in a tortilla and it would have been fine. I would have been shat all over no, if I'd been like, here's yeah, a burrito. I'm saying that would have worked. If you folded it up and made it enchiladas and put the sauce over it, I think it would have been great. And cheese. All right. He's so, so angry. <laughs> that's three That's three ways of making this thing. It's okay. Uh, it's one is okay. you shatter a bowl. <laughs> The other one is you cheat with some ingredients that weren't really it, and then the third is a just do a Tex-Mex thing that <laughs> everyone could have done better. Bridge. So there's there's three wow. three different styles of screwing up wow. Abhishek's uh, delicious uh, Gobi wow. Kima mutter. Wow, I'm uh, shocked. Here are the standings this season. 
so far right now in a tie for first place. Oh, so the way this is scored, I don't know if you're aware of the new scoring. The control room scores this now. So did I do so badly on the first round that... What do you mean? Because I wasn't I like in last place? Last no, round? I'm in last place. Oh. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> so the way I'm, our I'm scoring works, the the uh, our producers in the booth are going to put their heads together and decide on a first, second, and third place this week. Uh, that will all be translated into points through a very complicated algorithm that I cannot, uh, I don't have in front of me. The current standings are in first place uh, as a, with a tie of a score of nine point two five. Um, Average score are John DeBerry and Brian Ford. Nice. In third place, in sole possession of third place, Dave Chang with 9.14 points. Not to last that long. In a tie for fourth, Priya and Rachel with nine points. And uh, down in the cellar, um, the inventor of last season's pickled <laughs> long beans and winner, uh, Chris Ying, now paying the goddamn price, these fuckers, with 8.73. Uh, Gabby. Has the jury reached its verdict? Yes, it has. This was a really tough episode to score. Doesn't yeah, sound like it. Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> Dave, you swung really close to glory, but unfortunately your bottom fell out. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to give you third place this week. Uh, Chris, we thought you did a really good job. You really reached for the fajitas, um, but you could have pushed it a little bit more. <laughs> I pushed as hard as I can, guys. My stomach I, hurts. I just needed more sizzle. And this <laughs> week's winner is Priya, um, who is forgiven for the chili garlic paste because that was our bad. For the yeah, well, well, you can grade that way. <laughs> I mean, my score now is probably fifth place, and you know, considering that this was an Indian dish, I'm going to compare this to a political figure. Her her star falling very similar. My 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 ranking is. Very similar to Nikki Haley's political career. <laughs> it is just like down. I'm like not even on the. I think I'm lower than you right now. No, you're not. While these, what uh, is the rankings? While our, I got to be fifth place now. Well, I'm, I'm. This is this is called dramatic tension. While we wait for the updated scores, we're gonna do a little other business because next time Priya's on the show. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll be able to record in person, but not. we will still have you here to discuss your next ingredient, flavored vodka. I'd I forgotten I'd even chosen. This I one. know this is your favorite. I know you're a marshmallow vodka girl yeah, for sure. God, um, you remember. <laughs> we actually got a surprising number of submissions for flavoring your own vodka um, and things to do with flavored vodka. I've cut out all of the ones that are how to make your own vodka infusions, including yeah. the ones from Ellen Herzog and Casey Murphy and Katie Stollery, because we want to focus on recipes that use flavored vodka as an ingredient. So here are the recipes that made it to the final list for consideration. Watermelon daiquiri by Meg Mame. Uh -huh. Cultural appropriation shrimp by Brandon Collins. Wow. Can we choose that one? Shell's Coffee Pudding Shots by Michelle Potts and Citrus Vodka Tuna Ceviche by Julia Woods. I'm burping a hell of a lot of <laughs> Osposito right now. It makes you burp. Uh, what, are you, what are you curious about? I just want to know what's in cultural appropriation yeah, shrimp. Yeah, we all want to know what's in cultural appropriation <laughs> shrimp. Aptly flavored with vanilla vodka because I'm Caucasian and no, it's not an Italian pasta dish. And no, I'm not going to be all boohoo if you change stuff for facts sake. 
No one part of this is precious. So it's a pound of large shrimp, sliced mushrooms, shiitakes are preferred, olive oil, vanilla, vodka, mirin, sesame oil, honey or agave nectar, uh, half a tablespoon of OG Momofuku chili crunch, smoked paprika, garlic, shallots, bird's eye, chilies, salt and pepper, garnish with katsuobushi, chili crunch, and stark sesame. I think basically you're marinating the shrimp and then sauteing it this with is vodka? mushrooms and yeah, vanilla vodka. Whoa. So that is cultural appropriation shrimp. Okay. I think they're appropriating. It sounds like Chris culture, of, dish today. culture of Cape Cod or something. I don't know what, what culture we're appropriating. Uh, that's cultural appropriation shrimp. Watermelon daiquiri. I think you take any okay. flavor vodka okay. with watermelon Got juice it. and sweetener. Coffee pudding shots are whipped cream flavored vodka, Kahlua, Bailey's Irish cream, powdered sugar to sweeten the whipped cream, coffee milk, coffee syrup. Chocolate pudding. You're making a pudding shot out of a bunch of booze. Uh, and citrus vodka, tuna, ceviche, ceviche, and you have citrus vodka in the cure. Cheng, where do you want her to go? I think we do something that Priya would never do, which is a cocktail. So our choices are the watermelon daiquiri, which is just uh, vodka, watermelon juice, and watermelon. Or the coffee pudding shots. That sounds fun. Okay, cof- let's do the coffee What's in the pudding coffee shots? pudding shots? Coffee it's like pudding instant shots. pudding mix and oh, vodka and that Bailey's whipped cream flavored vodka, oh, yeah. Kahlua, yes. coffee syrup. Finally, we got something good. <laughs> All right. So next time Priya's on the show, we're going to be doing that. Before we spin the wheel for our constraints, I'll give you the updated standings. God damn it, I'm on fifth place. Now in a three-way tie for first place with 9.25 points average are John DeBerry, Brian Ford, no and way. joining them is Priya Krishna. Boy, what is this, WWE? There's no fucking way. <laughs> now in first place, <laughs> now falling down, but still holding on to sole possession of fourth place, Dave Chang with 9.14. I used to be first place by a long shot, by a it, large margin. It is true. Rachel, who is not here, sits at, in fifth place. You bumped her out of her spot. And... uh Oh, Priya, jeez. Just fucking appropriating cultures here in the basement by myself, under 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 uh, charring my cauliflower, playing D&D in the basement. Christopher Yang. I think people are happier that I'm not in first place anymore and that you're the seller. I think people are just happier with this equilibrium. It's just... It's, that Priya is at the top. We've just John restored, restored normalcy to the world, basically. They yeah. just want to take us back to a... They don't like being the upside down. They just... They don't. They don't like the. the so, you know, yes. sometimes people will come up to me in the street and they'll just go, "I don't think you and Chris are colluding for what it's worth." Like that's that, and they'll, that's all they'll say. It's just like a stranger. And then you're like, "We are." They'll be like, "I, I stand with you and Chris." People want. We need a specific colored flag for people to fly for us. Just like an armband. Like I mean, a, like people like an think of me as like Vince McMahon of Recipe Club. They want me to falter. It's fucked up. All right, let's take some spins on the wheel of, of constraint here, Chang. You, you, since you won, also you have choice. If we land on um, veg, you can choose vegetarian or vegan. Vegan, like if he lands on veg, you can choose vegetarian or vegan. For under for fusion, you can, can choose, choose the fusion, yeah. And budget or lux and handmade, you can choose. Okay. You know, you have if, a, if lot of, a lot of power in your yeah, hands. A lot of well, power. You've spun this before. You've done fusion before. You've... No, I haven't done fusion okay. before. All right, spin it. Give it a okay. spin, Priya. This is whose spin? Your spin? Sure. This is Priya's how, spin. How aggressively do you spin it? Oh my! I mean, don't break it. That's a perfect spin. Oh my god! Uh, so this is how you are going to be preparing your. Oh shit! Oh, what is that? Fuck. This is the first time. 
What is God oh, mode? Oh, you, you have a chance to spin too. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> what is God mode? God mode means you can decide everything. You decide all the constraints <laughs> for all three of us, but you I think Ch- you want. Chang and I, our only hope is to also spin God mode and override your God yeah. mode. This is crazy. I know. I know. How did that happen? I know. You know how many times I spun this thing? I've just never trying to get God mode. I know. I try, I've literally been trying to practice my spin. Dave has never not gotten Doomsday or under 20 minutes. <laughs> He's never not gotten those two. Double taxation. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that, that should count. That should mean she has to give you two constraints. Yeah, two okay. constraints. Okay. Oh, man. You give me two. I got to cook two things. Okay. So I landed on microwave only. That is doesn't matter whatsoever. I guess that would be annoying. Can I, no. can I look at the recipe? So, yes. So you can pick any constraint on here to assign. Make it as difficult as possible. Each of us give and yourself. Vegan. Yeah, give them vegan. I, let's That's do let's like do super... slow cooker. Oh, because <laughs> I, I, I think you could do something really fun with it. All right, give Dave two of them. Okay, I wanted to give Dave slow cooker again, but well, Dave, we can't afford so many slow cookers getting broken. <laughs> <laughs> let's do fusion and something else. Fusion and Lux, or fusion in under twenty minutes. Under twenty minutes. Fusion in under twenty minutes. What's the what's the? You pick. What is the opposite of what this is? This is. American frat boy Americana. The opposite is what is like the opposite of this coffee thing. Under twenty minutes, Chinese. Under twenty minute Chinese Jello pudding <laughs> shots. Uh, that will be that's so easy. And then what do you what do you want for your task? You do a Lux one then. You haven't gotten Lux, right? Okay, let's do. <laughs> l- right. We'll do Lux next time we see you all on the Recipe Club. We're going to be making shells. Coffee pudding shots from Michelle Potts. Uh, Dave will be making his under the double taxation rules of under 20 minutes and in the style of the Ming Dynasty. Uh, <laughs> Priya will be making a luxe version of these pudding shots, meaning she's going to spend $150 and slow cooker. Slow I'll be making my yeah. slow cooker pudding shots because everybody hates Chris. And uh, last order of business. The recipe club section of Discord uh, at majordomomedia.com is live. You can spin the wheel, play this game for yourselves. You can see how hard this is. Uh, but continue, please, to send in your recipes to the fixer at majordomomedia.com. Share your photos and videos of all the crazy, kooky shit you've been making. And uh, please give us five stars however you choose to rate podcasts. Priya, happy birthday. Thank you, Chris. <laughs>